One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Bijou Podcasts. Welcome to episode 57 of the Stacey June Show. Today I want to talk about purging friendships. I was really quite nervous about what to title this episode with, so I may change that depending on how this uh, this conversation finishes. Hey guys, welcome to another self-centered Sunday episode. I'm Stace, host of the Stacey June Show, and each and every Sunday I share amusing uh, a lesson, a thought process, a feeling that I'm going through, maybe from the week, maybe from a month ago, maybe that's just popped up in my mind that I feel like is the right thing to share today. And it is interesting because I've spoken about uh, a lot of different changes for me over the past, oh, you know, a couple of years. There's been such a big transition. And what happens with your your life when you start to transition and you really start to go within and do the work is that relationships around you definitely change. And today I wanted to be really succinct with my advice on this uh, because I think friendship breakups, as I guess they're commonly referred to, can be one of the most harrowing and painful experiences you can go through in terms of a grief perspective. But I also want to talk about, uh, I suppose, the um, I, uh, the crazy spiritual cleansing and impact you can get from letting go of some of these relationships. Because just like romantic relationships, I think some of the hardest some of the hardest things to accept in life is that things are not forever. And I think that's very hard with romantic relationships, but I do think we've got an idea that breakups or the end of those are something that is very possible. We hear about the divorce rate all the time. We hear about, uh, you know, we see all the time that people are splitting up. We have a big Hollywood kind of interest in couples that are together or not together. There's definitely in and out understanding of romantic relationships. When it comes to friendship, though, we've been told a very different story. We've been told that friendships are forever, friends forever. You're my bestie for life. Um, and there's a real expectation that for a friendship to have meant something amazing or a friendship to be something impactful or meaningful or incredible, it must be till the day you die or it must be forever. And I think that's really false. And I think that it often leads us into relationships that really play a very big part on uh, holding us back in life and and really doing a lot more damage underlyingly than I think we realize. Because I think we think that friendships, not only are they forever, but they're also not given the amount of weight of, I suppose, uh, um, 
uh, power or impact that romantic relationships can. And I think that's often really misguided because I think that if you do have a toxic friendship or some form of friendship that no longer serves you and you stay in it, just like it can it can kind of explode or maybe really become very unhealthy for you in a romantic relationship, it can also do that in a intimate friendship also. So today I wanted to share, I guess, five points of I of transition or process or I guess something to think about when it comes to purging relationships but purging friendships in particular. I'm using the word purging because I'm kind of fixated by that at the moment being uh, pregnant and having morning sickness. I find that my nausea has really died down and the vomiting has almost stopped completely but I'm really quite intrigued around the idea of this purging I guess, word instead of vomiting and and what we're trying to get out of our system before the baby comes and looking at it as a very, I guess, therapeutic but also real necessary part of of the pregnancy process of cleansing our body. And because I'm such a deep soul worker and I do so much work on myself, I have found that over the past couple of weeks, I've stopped vomiting as a regular occurrence, which was definitely happening in the first trimester and find myself vomiting almost on the days that I'm more anxious or find myself um, building up a bit of phlegm, which is is coming from maybe some um, overthinking or some other, I guess, emotional aspect is definitely playing out physically. Now, I'm no doctor. I'm not saying this is something that happens. I'm just finding it really interesting to maybe... um, analyze and kind of witness it in myself for the being the first time. And I'm sure in a few years, I'll come out and have a whole lot of well-rounded thoughts around this, but I'm not going to go too far into it because I'm really in the middle of it at the moment. But the word purging is, I guess, can mean something really aggressive. It's vomit. So it's kind of, we look at that as a real ugly kind of thing, but I've started to look at it as through this pregnancy in a really different light, that, that something needs to come out of me to protect my baby, that something's trying to exit my body to um, to make space for something else. I don't know what the answers are specifically on that, but I know that that the vomiting in so many ways is a very good thing. And so purging has really become this understanding of a bit of a, um, a spiritual requirement for me to properly um, to properly cleanse in in some aspects. So I'm going to use the word purging for the sake of that. I don't encourage any kind of chosen vomiting and it's not something that I would choose to do myself. Um, And I also don't want to make joke of people that do it from emotional reasons either. But at the same time, I think the the word has a a lot of impact and I think it's one that we don't use enough and fits for the, the conversation I want to have today. So the first point that I think we really need to remember when we think about friendships that aren't feeling so great is before we think about purging or essentially removing ourselves from things, we really have to understand that friendships are a mirror to ourselves. And, you know, especially the more intimate you go with friends, often the buttons that they are pressing in you are are, are lessons that you're supposed to learn. And I think we really have to be accountable and self-aware at the very beginning of this process to ensure that it is not our shit that we're dumping on a friend. So, you know, it could be a particular friend that is always late 
and and that really fucking bugs you. And yeah, there's so much to be annoyed at in that. I understand, but what is it really mirroring in you? Is it mirroring in you that there is no compassion for the fact that this person hasn't got their life in order, or is there is there you know mirroring a judgment that there should be things done a certain way according to your clock and your timeline, or is it control? You know, is the time issue a bit of a thing that makes you feel anxious and uneasy when you don't know when someone's coming or going. And I can relate to that. I was, I've been both of those people. I've been the person that has constantly been late and I've been the person that changed that and found it really confronting when other people were aggressively late. I don't think, I I think I signed off my rights to ever be annoyed if anyone was 10 or 15 minutes late because that was something I was and and still can be my entire life. So there's not, there's nothing I can actually ever say to that. But I think when someone says they're going to be somewhere and it's like an hour later and or they are kind of really flaky with their plans, for me, that triggers something in myself. And I've really learned to watch myself go from judging or putting my feeling on them and asking myself, what is it triggering in within me? So just really have a think about the people that are pushing your buttons in your life right now and think about potentially where they're mirroring something deeper that you need to learn or consider within yourself. Once we've got to that process and you may or may not still be at a place where you feel like, no, actually there's disrespect there as opposed to a lesson for myself. And and all of this work really only works if you are doing a deep work um, process or you at least have some self-awareness because if you're a person that isn't doing any self-work, there is so simple and so easy to live in a lie. So you can really quickly say to yourself, no, that's not a mirror. They just are an asshole. Um, so when I speak to you, I'm assuming that there is a self-awareness, there's an honesty about who you are and you know what your gut is and what your and what your truth is and that you're coming from that place when we work through this stuff. Um I also, so the second point, so after you've kind of touched on that, the second point is, 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 is the bugging and is the, is the stuff that is really triggering you repeating after you have essentially done a bit of self-analysis within this particular issue with this friend? When I say repeating, it comes up again and you feel like in your heart of hearts, you've dealt with your part of it. Is there something new to look at now? Is there a level of disrespect with the person's time compared to yours? Is there just a blatant lack of equality in terms of respect that you have for them? And dig deeper in that. If if there's something that says yes to you, is there a, is there a, a, a kind of an element of you feeling like you would give more to this friendship than that person? Start to unravel the issue here. Because once you've learned your lessons or potentially, you know, skip that process completely because you feel like it's not a mirror issue, it goes a bit deeper and you start to have to ask yourself, well, why do I make this person feel comfortable and safe and happy? And how come I'm not getting those feelings back in return? Where is the mismatch? That's the word I'm looking for. Where's the mismatch here? The third point I wanted to bring up was, has this particular person positioned you in their life or as a particular person as someone you don't want to be? 
Now, this will often ring really true to romantic relationships where a guy has potentially put you as a fuck buddy, you're looking for more, and it's really clear day and night. It's You both want different things. But with friendships, it's so much more intricate because we don't see it as sex or commitment or all these kinds of really clear parameters We find ourselves in a place of confusion when it comes to friendships because, as I mentioned earlier, you're either besties or you're not and everybody's friends in between. It's very confusing. So let's break that down a little bit and kind of come from that example of the romantic relationship. We have kind of catch-up friends. We have work friends. We have friends we're intimate with um, in terms of maybe secrets or kind of that we sit on the couch with or we'd sleep next to in a bed. We have friends that we go to for problems and that's all good and fine as long as there's a, I suppose, agreed contract. And I'm saying an agreed contract in the spiritual sense, not that you've written a contract, but but has that person put you in a particular box that you don't feel is A, fair or B, you want to be in it? So for example, you're a person that has seen them, you caught up at the beginning, you were party friends at the start, but now it's kind of a point where you really care for them and you will open up about your day at work, you'll catch you know, catch them um, with a party atmosphere, but you'll also be interested in going for coffee, you ask them how their mum is when they've been sick. But you feel like they've still put you in a box of catch-up friend. All of a sudden, you're feeling a very big amount of lack of balance here. And I think as well, the party kind of wanting to become more friend, like more intimate is a real issue because I think a lot of people will get their intimacy or their, I suppose, their comfort from particular friends that they've probably had for a very long time. So then when you are looking for that next level, there's a couple of things. They might be getting that intimacy from somewhere else and therefore they don't need it from you. So therefore they're not opening themselves. They're not vulnerable to you, which is hard if you're looking for vulnerability from them because you're giving vulnerability. And don't forget, vulnerability is a gift. It's not a, um, it's certainly not a, uh, I don't know, like a, um, it's not a heavy kind of handed annoying thing to be giving someone. Giving someone your vulnerability is truly a gift and you really need to be very careful with who you choose to give that to. So if you're feeling like you're exposing yourself, you're sharing your secrets, you really are trying to be intimate with their family or just at least be caring and you've shown your cards and you're not getting that back, it does feel really uneasy. So that's a good example of this this point is that have they positioned you somewhere, A, you haven't positioned them, and B, somewhere you don't want to be positioned. And when I say don't want to be positioned, I mean, are you looking for more intimate relationships? Are you looking for somebody to bring it? I'm 36 years old. It's really rare that I'm interested in a friendship that is really surface. But in order to make deeper friendships, you do need to kind of start at that place. So you're going to have to give it a bit of time, but at the same time, how much time do you give when you are yearning for deeper connections? So that's something that you need to kind of keep in mind. But but if you've been friends with this person for two years and it hasn't really evolved to what your needs are then that's something. There's a purging that may need to happen there because if you don't start to purge these people, and I will get to this closer to the end of this podcast, you don't make room for the people that actually fit within your needs.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The next point, which I don't didn't really want to bring as one of the five, to be honest. So I'm going to add it really quickly, and I should have probably done it as more of a pre- preface. If there's anybody in your life that is toxic to you, whether that is romantic or an intimate friendship, where they make you feel like shit, they tell you you don't look great, they, uh, you know, bag your job, make you feel like shit, don't, don't at all support you when you need something bad has happened or they're aware of something, there's no text message, no Instagram DM, there's no any form of care and it is just a really kind of abusive situation in that, again, it's different to a romantic sense where there's these other parameters and structures we have, but where you just feel like you kind of get the end ass of the deal and in not even in a kind of a, a subtle way, you really are getting kind of put down and beaten down. There is no, th- these people are not, these people are not inclusive in these slow kind of, you know, slow burn off purging conversations. You will not thrive in your life if you continue to surround yourself with people that bring you down and bring you down that obviously and aggressively. So when I'm talking about these people, I'm uh, toxic people or toxic relationships are very hard to define because I think we all have different ones and I don't want to be like the only toxic relationship is someone that is mentally abusive to you or that just kind of makes you feel like crap because toxicity can really seep within the seams when it comes to friendships. Manipulation is such a big thing, particularly with chicks, um, emotional manipulation. So I think all of that is toxic, but really as a real flag, flagship kind of top of the line rule here, if someone is openly making you feel like crap, they are not your friend. That is not the meaning of a friend, the end. So two more points. These two are hard, actually. These two are really tricky. And I have experienced some of this in the past couple of years. Don't hang on to any of the above that we've just spoken about because that behavior became your comfort. So the late thing could be bugging you, the, you know, the, the disposition of, I guess, equality or love or vulnerability, um, this kind of uneasiness or flakiness that happens between them. They put you as the confidant when they need you, but they're, you're, they're really nowhere to be seen when you need them. Don't then get so used to this that this becomes an acceptable way to conduct your life. Don't – and it's different with family, I think, sometimes, but I also think this is the same case with – Family members, different rules because you just don't, you can't just kind of cut that and family do often trigger and harness different parts of you. I think the family are actually the ideal mirrors so you kind of want to keep them around because they are, they are mirroring a lot of things to you in my experience. But I still stand by the fact that 
what we become used to when it comes to behavior or or treatment to us that doesn't feel great is really dangerous territory because when we become used to it, we start to accept it. And when we accept it, it becomes our life and our life becomes something that we defend. And if we get deep down that road, when you start defending your life because you want to be happy and you want your life to look great and you don't really want to deal with your stuff, you get really stuck. So be very honest with the things that I've just raised and don't ignore things because they're comfortable or they've become what you've known to be your norm. You are able to question and change that sense of normality for yourself any day of the week, any day. So it is not a thing where that's our normal or that's the way it's always been. That doesn't exist. Every single second of every single day is a new opportunity for you to live your life better. And not that everything has to be improved, but if you're feeling like crap, then yeah, it probably could. So I'm not talking about relationships where you have tough points, but mostly they're the most soul-loving, supportive, you know, best years of your life. I got plenty of them and I'm not touching them with a 10-foot pole. I've worked through them and those friendships to just be a complete, conscious, equal, beautiful conversation of who we are as people and constantly learning from each other and evolving to adapt to our different needs as we get older. There's some beautiful friendships I have that that really I will always be open to looking and analyzing and refreshing to make sure that are great for me, but that I've just I've just really invested in a few people that will match who I am as a friend. So not everything has to be put through the ringer, but if there are things that are making you feel like crap on a regular basis and you've spoken to them and there's been no change, then you have to really look at yourself and ask yourself if you've started to accept this as normal And have you lost the ability to make room for people that could meet your needs, make you feel great, support you when you need and match your level of investment because you are invested in people that aren't as equally invested in you because you've called it normal. And my last point is that even if a friendship doesn't end on your terms, it still may be time to end the friendship. I think we often feel that there's this real uneasiness if someone says, I don't like you, someone cuts you off, someone, I've been, I've actually been friend ghosted in the past year and it is harrowing, harrowing because you have an idea of what this friendship is and someone else has an idea of what this friendship is. And just because I do the work doesn't mean everybody else wants to do the work And just because I run my life a certain way doesn't mean everybody else wants to run their life a certain way. And that's hard because not only do you lose someone that you love, that you're trying to build into something that you see a certain way, but then you also have to get over this kind of ego point of personal attack or personal offense because what does it mean if someone doesn't want to be your friend? We are all taken back to the playground where someone has chosen not to play with you. My point in this instance is it isn't like that and it doesn't have to be like that. 
if someone is backing out of your life because the way you want to live your life isn't suited to them, then A, they have the right to do that, as hurtful as it can be, and B, there is probably a really good reason that they that the universe has your back here, that essentially maybe the last point happened, you accepted a norm or accepted behavior that also wasn't thriving and thriving behavior and wasn't really flourishing in a way that you can flourish because maybe you've been lonely. Maybe you've moved somewhere to a new state and you accepted things you wouldn't usually accept. Think about that friend that you let get away with everything compared to other friends. Think about that person because I am. And I'm thinking about the person that this happened with and how much I would accept such different things from them that I would from my other friends because they served a need for me that I I needed at the time. So be really mindful with all of this that if at the at any point you're unable to see some of this stuff for yourself and someone's seen it for themselves and it probably isn't that you're not a great person or you're not a nice person, you know, there doesn't have to be animosity or a fight. Sometimes you just drift apart and timing just works out to be a certain thing and it just, just does its dash. And I think it's really important to understand that it doesn't have to come to blows. You're a mature adult. Everything doesn't have to be a drama unless you want to make it one. So when I was ghosted, I kind of feel like I could have gone down the rabbit hole of, you know, like fighting or asking a certain other friend of what the deal is or kind of finding a way to bitch or, and I just didn't want to do any of that. It it really, it just kind of made sense to me in the end. It was hard to take at the start, but I was kind of like, yeah, you know what? I've accepted stuff that I don't think is necessarily what I would accept with different friends because this this person was a different person in my life. So it sometimes it just needs to be that way. And, and a lot of the time it's for the best for you. So if there is a friend that's kind of backing off, you don't really feel like you've got as much in common with them anymore and they've seen some things in this process before you have, don't fight it if you know deep in your gut that it probably is the best thing and that timing can bring a friendship to a point. They're my tips. It has been one of those years where I have created new friendships and I've also had friendships drop off. I've had such a big transition in my life going from a really busy kind of work career and being incredibly surra- surrounded by an incredible amount of people every single day to the point that people would follow me to the toilet asking me questions. Everything was pretty hectic and there were so many different personalities and I loved it. So it wasn't, I didn't have a lot of room for a crazy amount of social life um, around that, to be honest, and it was already energy draining enough. So when that kind of transitioned, my life transitioned, my social life was much more prevalent that I wanted to start things and and really clean it out. And so those things changed, but then even bigger than that, my life priority changed. Ben and I wanted to start a family. We are now starting a family. And when you go through such a hard thing like fertility treatment um, and people may not all be in that place and it might not be something that everybody has in common. And, and it does come back to those things like where are you at 
in your life compared to the people that are surrounding you. It's not, I'm not a person that thinks you need to have everything in common all the time to make friendships work, but there are some friendships that do require that. Some friendships are built off commonalities and, and so, you know, a lot of friendships or different friendships change because of the, the way my life changed and that was hard too. But it also means I'm in this funny transition place where I know there's a whole new world for me right now and I know as much as it's cringy for those of you that are first-time mums or maybe even, you know, thinking about that in the future, you know, so many of my girlfriends were like, I'm never joining mother's group. I don't want to do any of that, you know, that kind of corny shit, have made friends for life. There is a transition part that I think many of us women when it comes to becoming mothers don't accept that things are going to change, friendships will change and you will develop new friendships. So I'm I'm really looking forward to being accountable in my life for the relationships that I have in order to make room for new epic relationships and that's exactly what I've done. And I hope that these steps will help you have a bit of an analysis around the people in your life um, and what you could do to better refine or potentially make room by purging some for new, beautiful, flourishing friendships that may last for five years or may last for 50. Big love to you wherever you are on this journey. And just a reminder, it's ever changing. It will happen to you and me again in the future. I'm very lucky and I actually just got to get a bit emotional, but I there's some particular people that I'm thinking about when I also think about what I do have. And, you know, I've kind of just spoken about how there's transition and lots of change, but there are um, some people coming to mind that make my heart sing. And I just also want to offer such gratitude for the relationships I do have that are epic because I think often when we go through a process we're very focused on what we don't have what we're looking to purge and what we're looking to attract but I want to take a moment to just just beam this kind of heart energy and love for um yeah these the very special people that I I do have because certainly as you get older you realize that it's all it's not a number it's not a you know how many people can come to your 21st situation um and so if you are listening and you're one of those people and you know who you are big 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 love to you all right guys i'm out happy sunday or whatever day you're listening to this podcast i'm sure a few of you may listen to it again and again it is one of those really tricky parts of life to navigate but i think you've got this and i hope this helps uh, I will see you this week for a single Pringle episode. It is a and a this Tuesday dropping. You'll probably, if you listen to this on Sunday, um, I'm going to close that uh, question opportunity from, I think, about Monday, uh, Monday lunchtime. So you can still email your questions in at podcast at stacyjune.com um, or DM us at singlepringleau and I will go through as many as I can and answer them and that will drop on Tuesday. All right, cheerio, bye. This has been another Bijou Podcast production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.